Hello and welcome to the final episode of Once More with Commentary. We are going out on Angel. I'm Allie. And I'm Ginny. And we did it! (laughs) (laughs) We're here. We're here is the best that could be said. (laughs) We're here. True. (laughs) I mean, I have a lot of thoughts. Uh but yeah, we'll get into them. Yeah, I have thoughts. I um I'm I'm actually excited to talk about this. I you Me know too. we hadn't recorded in a couple weeks and I was watching it last night and I was like the finale had its moments for me like I was hopeful that it would but I was also Mm -hmm. like you know I'm just like kind of excited to like talk about the end of the show yeah (laughs) like relief that we're here but also you know I think they brought up some interesting moments like interesting concepts in the final episode yeah Um, and I was pleased that like the final 10 minutes of the finale were the way I remembered them (laughs) Yeah, you know, one of the only times in this show that that's sort of been true, where my memory, a positive memory, turned out to be true. But I, I mean, yeah, that's obviously something that we'll dig into. Yeah. Um, before we get <laughs> into that, I don't know how much we want to chit chat. We literally, that's so what I was thinking. we just chatted for like an hour because yes, yeah, so things are heavy. I, but um, <laughs> I think we also have a lot to say at the episodes, and then so I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm doing okay. I I'm excited because I, I went back to my old office to get like some stuff and oh. so now I have my Buffy figurine watching over me while we record. Oh, that's good. It feels fitting. I was like, oh, it's the first episode she's seen me record. <laughs> <laughs> she must be so proud. Yeah, she's probably like, thank God you got me off that desk where I fall over all the time. <laughs> yeah. I have Willow in here, the matching Willow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm good. Um, But let's, I think... I don't know how long this conversation is going to go. Like, I, I'm start, yeah. s- sort of thinking I have a lot to say, but, like, sometimes... Maybe not. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just in case we do, I think we won't have a 10-minute discussion about pudding this time. Right. Or banana bread or buffers or, something. or whatever. <laughs> Puzzles, whatever. Puzzles, we've, yeah. we've gone on some tangents during this time, and I appreciate everyone bearing with us. Um, hopefully, you've just made liberal use of your fast-forward button. Yeah, now you're probably skipping ahead to get through it, and this one time we're not going <laughs> to... Surprise. waste all your time um, <laughs> we're just gonna get right into it yeah but we're gonna uh, we're gonna do the recap a little bit differently this time because this did sort of feel like one long episode um yeah. of setup and payoff so jenny why don't you take us through power play power play so yeah uh power play is doing a lot of work uh to really set us on a finale path um So, yeah, I mean, I think the overall story is that Angel is behaving very suspiciously. Everybody on his team is noticing that he seems to either not care about, you know, helping the helpless like he once did, or even actively want to be evil or something to that, you know, along those lines. Everybody's getting pretty concerned. I think pretty early on I saw where this was going. (laughs) You know, we've been through this before. And lo and behold... Angel, in fact, has just a long con that he's been planning since Cordelia came back, uh, which is to infiltrate this super secret, super powerful group called the Blackthorn, who is apparently this whole time been the agents of the senior partners on Earth. And they're the ones that are going to bring forth this apocalypse that we've like sort of had occasional mention (laughs) mention about a lot of specifics. So Angel, of course, has to do this... uh, 
on his own, he needs to prove to them that he can be part of them, so he has to make it look like he's betrayed all his friends. But at the end, he's able to, you know, cast a quick spell to put a glamour on so that he can, in fact, explain to uh, Lauren Wesley, Gunn, and Spike what is going on and let them in on his plan. But at the end, he is successful. He does get initiated into this group, the Black Thorn, and he has to kill that guy, Drogon, who we also met once um, in order to do so. Um, and I think that's more or less where we leave off going into the next episode. Yeah, so everybody um, basically catches up with Angel and says, like, hey, dude, like, what's going on? And so he explains to them, and they hatch this plan that Angel's going to take down the Blackthorn from inside, and they split up and proceed to do that. So it's basically like that scene in The Godfather, right, where everyone dies. And um, <laughs> sort of, yeah, yeah. I guess you know, they're taking down the rival families, if you will. And okay. everybody splits up and goes on their way. Some are successful, some aren't. Um, but they all meet up in the alley behind the hotel and decide, you know, this is definitely going to get the attention of the senior partners, so let's get ready to do one final battle. And expectation being they're not going to live through this. This is Mm -hmm. their final stand. So Gunn, Spike, Angel, and Illyria all meet in the alley, and, you know, they've got literally the contents of hell coming at them, um, both from below and above and Angel's gonna take out the dragon and you know let's get to work cutscene mm-hmm. yeah so this show goes out on a on a cliffhanger if you will I mean I would like to push back on that notion but I yes no I, 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 I don't know so if I want to start that's why there. I to bring it up because <laughs> it's both a cliffhanger but also very intentionally so yeah um in that I think maybe more open-ended than cliffhanger uh, certainly there's more to, if you're interested, there are comics to follow this journey on. But yeah, and I, I do want to talk a lot about the final scene. Um, Me too. And how we get there and where it takes place and all of that. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe we'll we'll save yeah, that I think for we'll a while. Go roughly chronologically. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the yeah. first thing I want to bring up, though, is like my overall impressions of like, I want to preface this that I actually, these last couple episodes, like, especially on par with this season and the last one are generally on, I would say on the side of like, they're pretty okay. Yes. Um, My main frustration is, you know, we have this table setting that has to happen in the penultimate episode power play because Mm -hmm. of the events that they want to play out in not fade away. But I, it felt to me like a season's worth of setup being rushed and put into one episode. And I, I really don't know why, like I, I have so many questions about the producing of this season and the pacing and, you know, back room decisions that had to be made, maybe why some of this came out the way it did. Because, you know, we were talking about this with the Lindsay stuff too. It felt very rushed and then it felt like he just went away and then they brought him back. And I don't even know if we mentioned that they bring Lindsay back for this. I know, I kind of forgot. Yeah. Um, and, And this felt the same to me. Like there's a story arc that's happening that... You know, Angel actually says in this episode, I think I heard him correctly, that Cordelia had died 10 months ago. Oh, I And, like, he's that. been having thought... visions off screen for 10 months. Hmm. And maybe it was two months, maybe it was 10 months. I think it, it was two. Either way. Yeah. I meant to rewind and hear that because I was like, did he say that right? Like, Yeah. <laughs> but huh. the implication being that Angel's been having visions off screen this whole time. Right. Setting up this 
final showdown. And the fact that it's all supposed to have taken place off screen, Angel's working solo. Okay, two months. Yes. It doesn't matter, right? Like, it's still two months of, like, off-screen activity that is supposed to inform the finale. I have a lot of problems with that. Like, the fact that we're just being told that all of this has been happening elsewhere, and now we're seeing the payoff, and, like, we're we're in the shoes of, you know, Wesley, like, and Gunn discovering all of this going down, and... Yeah. I I think... I just, like, I don't know why this, like, why didn't this just start earlier? Why haven't we seen glimmers of Angel having visions or, like, you know, little moments where we could start to suspect? Like, I just feel like there's better setup than just telling us this has been happening. I definitely think they were not, and I say I think because I was reading a little bit up about this before we started recording. I mean, certainly part of the problems that are happening in this episode, Power Play specifically, are because they didn't think they were going to get canceled and they were planning for another season. So there are definitely things that they rushed into this that they thought they were going to be able to address in the future. Um, And while I appreciate that bit of explanation, I mean, I think at the end of the day, we've had so many problems with this season's arc specifically, that it's really not an excuse. Because even, even if they didn't have to write the whole show's conclusion in the span of a, un, unexpectedly in the span of four episodes it's frankly what was the conclusion of this season arc going to be if not this because it seems like they weren't headed towards anything anyway i think that's my bigger problem is not so i am sympathetic to this idea that things had to get rushed so like even though power play is essentially a throwaway episode it was a pattern that we've seen before i got very irritated because in the first five minutes i was kind of optimistic i was like oh they actually have the opportunity to do a lot of cool things with this episode before I quickly realized I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. Of course, Angel is just doing a double play. You know, this is an, our, our very standard Angel doesn't work with the rest of the team, has his own plan, doesn't tell them about it until the very end where a twist is revealed. And like, of course, it's like once I realized that, I was like, well, I'm not going to enjoy the rest of this episode. And it was exactly that. So it was pretty much a throwaway episode to throw words and people into the scene so that they could be done away with in the next episode. So on that, you know... It, <laughs> I sort of lost my thread a little bit, but all I'm trying to say is that while I'm sympathetic to the fact that they did have to wrap things up in a way that they weren't expecting to, I am, I think my less favorable critique of it is that they weren't headed anywhere anyway. It's like, I don't have any sense of what the re- resolution of the season was going to be if they weren't wrapping it up. It's fine that they had ideas that they wanted to bring into the next season, but like the arc of this season has been that Angel is once again struggling with where he fits in this good and evil and is he even accomplishing anything but like what is the conclusion of that if it's not more or less where this ended up so like the fact that they had to scramble to make this work is just very uninspiring to me I don't it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in what the original show would have done you know what I mean well this is something we talked about I think you're totally right by the way and this is something that we talked about last season too of like they had to scramble to rewrite all the storylines because like your actress got pregnant and it's like okay but then how strong was your story to begin with because where you went with we're already seeing a lot there's a lot of things that you could have done differently like that didn't feel necessary and you're right this feels the same it's like okay are we headed towards a mystery of Lindsay and eve and like is that what was supposed to play out but you basically got rid of them in the you know 100th episode a while ago (laughs) a while ago yeah and then there's all the fred stuff and then it's like but where's that going and then you know it's like you're right. They don't seem to have already had a direction. And yeah. the main problem is uh, that I had with this too is like not only that, but then the way they're choosing to execute this like new course of the season in right. the span of two episodes is like 
they're asking us yet again to believe that Angel has like turned bad and I know like, I know I was like I cannot like, watch this plot play out one more time right and it's like okay it's like sorry you're gonna try to pull a twist on us again on like the Not second to last episode twist. And it just has never worked. <laughs> the on same the show. twist. It's always the same twist. Yes, and it's the same one. And not only that, the reason it really doesn't work is like everything you're saying in this episode, everything you're having Wesley say, everything you're having Gunn say, goes against the premise of the entire show. And it's the second to last episode. How right. the hell are we supposed to buy that? Like, oh, Angel's going against everything he's ever stood for and decided to stop helping the helpless. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. It's the second to last <laughs> episode. Of course he hasn't done that. Like, it's like. Yeah. I, not for a second could I suspend my disbelief or like anything. I was just like, no, this is so dumb to ask us to do this right now because of course the answer is no. And then even having some of the stuff Wesley said, like, Angel, he's like, Angel wouldn't give up on us. Like, Angel's repeatedly given up on us. I people. know. I was and like, like, we literally I just, watched him do this for all of season two. So, yeah. yes, you're wrong. <laughs> it's, it's just such a huge not even huge it's just laughable that that this is something that they think could work like well, this yeah. is something you should break in the writer's room and have everybody say well you know we've done this a lot like maybe this is a well we've like tapped out and like we just don't have the audience buy-in to go here like to I me think it's so like did, a complete yeah. misunderstanding of like what you've done for the past four seasons I think yes and my my biggest well my biggest critique is Yes, that this is the same exact twist. Is Angel bad as he betrayed the group? Which he's done several times and also not done several times. That they've been playing on us. So that, I mean, ultimately my big critique is the same. Is like, it was completely predictable. I knew exactly what they were doing. So a waste of an episode. But I think what I want to point out is some missed opportunities. Because I, like I said, the first five, ten minutes of this episode, I was actually a little, I was like, oh, wow, are they finally going to maybe unpack a few things? So I have two thoughts along that line. The first one being less substantial, but, you know, this episode opened with Angel uh, in bed with Nina, who, I was, you know, I was like, you know, maybe I came around on Nina. Like, I, Angel, it, I, like, oddly, I, I was felt oddly soothed to see Angel in what appeared to be a normal adult relationship. You know, whether know. or not it's going to last, I was like, oh, this is actually really doing something for me, that they seem to have a regular relationship that's not based on drama, that's not based on you know, these huge things, it just seemed really like it was intimate, it was sweet. And it was like, yeah, I don't know that I need to know that they're going to get married for this to still be like a good relationship. But then by the end of the episode, he's shooing Nina out of the way, making decisions for her, which is exactly what he's done for every other woman in his life ever. And I was like, oh, so first Angel has learned nothing. And this isn't a more mature relationship. Maybe Nina's more mature, but Angel has apparently grown not at all. So missed opportunity number one, you could have just let that be a nice relationship and Nina could have decided on her own to leave, you know, or he could have given her the choice and said things are gonna get really dangerous, but I can buy you tickets. So frustration number one. And then, yeah, I think the bigger, my bigger frustration is that I think there was a chance here to say Angel is, has gotten so despondent and feels such despair that he's given up and to have the people in his life they could have genuinely changed his mind and convinced him that it's still worth fighting for. I think they really just gave him an easy out, which is like, ha ha, no, he never did that. But I think Angel's reaction and his despondence is actually really something that we see play out in the real world a lot. And so I was like, oh my God, did they accidentally make a super relevant, interesting episode before I was like, oh, of course not. <laughs> but like, I, I just think that they could have critiqued Angel, they, Angel the character. They could have said, you can't give up. You have power, you're special you can't do this. And even if we don't ultimately win, like, I don't know. I just, I feel like they took 
the bite out of the episode by making it his grand plan all along. And that's where I was really just let down. And then thirdly, I was let down because like, once again, they put the whole angel against the whole group and he doesn't trust anyone. And they, they never got along. They hate each other. And like, can we stop with that? But you know, like that ship has sailed. So <laughs> I had very tempered expectations on that front, at least. I think these are good things to point out because I, I agree with you. The Nina stuff was very refreshing in a way. Like I had a moment where I was like, oh, they're showing Angel yeah. like in a physical relationship with his girlfriend and he's not stressing about it. Like yes. this it has literally so never nice. happened in the history yeah. of this character. Like, yes, <laughs> like, I really liked it. Yeah. It and totally turned me around on Nina. I was like, oh my God, I shouldn't have judged this. This is a great story. <laughs> Yeah, and then it goes absolutely nowhere because, like you say, for all the same reasons, like, you know, they just shove her off screen. I did have a really interesting moment, though, where I was like, oh, my God, like, Angel just dates the same woman. He does, of course. (laughs) Like, I was like, not only do they literally all look the same, like, Mm -hmm. Darla, Buffy, and Nina are, like, interchangeable, but, like, they also have, like, something in common of, like, these really strong, like, supernatural women. Yes. <laughs> like, He's got you know, and, and, like, and then you could even make a joke of, like, Angel didn't really open himself up to, like, a relationship with Cordelia until she went blonde. But sure. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, it's so funny. Like, I yeah. just had this moment where I was, like, wow, Angel definitely has a type. But, but I was, like, enjoying even having that little jokey thought where I was, like, oh, this is, yeah. like, a totally different way to think about Angel and his relationships. And then we get back into the same, like, Pattern. same old, same old. Yeah. Also, the way this episode is structured, too, of, like, you know, we've seen this before, too, of, like, an opening scene, and then we come back to it, and, like, we know more about it. And, like, definitely the reveal that that was, like, Drogon was, like, not that surprising. (laughs) I'm not sure how we're supposed to reconcile that with Angel's big reveal, though, because he did kill him. and. That was the question that I had was like, oh, wait, did he really kill this guy or was it like someone else? But like, no, Angel really did kill him. And this man is innocent in all of this. And I don't know how that that to me felt like it got really glossed over. Like, I mean, oh, you it, still again, killed it, this guy. Like, because Angel's like, oh, I set up an assassin to kill him, but I knew he could handle it. So it wasn't really murder. But then Angel like straight up murdered him. Right. Yeah. So is that I mean, the it, price that he's willing to pay? It is, yes. And I think, of course, again, because it's like they want us to not have to hate our main character. I think it was clear that it needed to be somebody who was close to him in order for this plan to work. So they picked this guy who we've never, we've only met once and pretended like they were close. Well, it Instead explains of actually why Angel one of his... goes out of his way four episodes ago to be like, oh, we go way back. Exactly. And it's like, but we've literally never met this person before or heard of him. I just mean, And then yeah. they even reference this again in this episode of like, oh yeah, Angel knew him, like, you know. And so that's supposed to make it resonate with viewers. But of course, Angel can have all the relationships he wants with people for hundreds of years. That doesn't make them relevant to me. Well, and how far it. back could they really go? Because if right. if they, he's really known him for this long, then his then dealings would be with Angelus. So, yeah. <laughs> so whatever. Yeah. Uh, I did appreciate, and I didn't appreciate. <laughs> so when uh, Drog- Drogon Drogon starts telling, you know, they he meets up with Wesley Gunn Spike and is kind of explaining how Angel's gone evil because he tried to kill him and blah blah blah. Uh, I did appreciate that Gunn was like, "Why are we listening to this guy?" But I was annoyed that everybody dismissed Gunn's concern. They were like, "No, no, no, he's perfect." I'm like, all of these plots have they go whichever way the story needs them to go. He's perfectly right to question this guy and his motives. Gunn has never met him. And just because somebody is established as can never lie doesn't mean that that's true because there's magic in this world. You know what I mean? I was like, he doesn't just dismiss Gunn like that. That annoyed me. But I did appreciate Gunn calling him Aragorn. I thought that was a good burn. So (laughs) at least Gunn got the upper hand on him in that regard. (laughs) Yeah, I 
there's a lot of annoyance here too i mean the drogon stuff felt really weak to me it, it, it felt like they just didn't want to have anyone else die before the finale because exactly. they like you know they've already killed fred unnecessarily and and also i'm not sure how powerful illyria is really supposed to be because marcus seems to handle her pretty easily and yet she takes out in the next episode like three people no problem well, everybody's strength was a little up and you know questionable in the last episode i'm willing to go with it only because i appreciated the way it played out yeah but i do think that the implication is that marcus is just super super strong because he's even besting angel so i think you know defanged illyria is still superhuman but not as nearly as powerful as she was a few episodes ago yeah. i think that's the real answer because they, they they did take her power away in the time jump episode lessened it rather yeah it seems like they lessened it quite a lot yeah though. yeah i agree yeah, so that that's a little bit up in the air to me. Um, also, I like just some general like waivers I had like mm-hmm. yes, the I Black Thorn like doesn't really speak well for them like how quickly they're buying Angels one eighty like I I, know. I, know. I felt like I that know. also felt really suspicious of like you know and some of them I think were a little bit just questioning one. like how true his motives were but like this is all very obvious stuff that. If they're truly this powerful and this secretive, like, right, they should know. Feels better. like Angel could have been weeded out of the process long ago, and like, it's just his, his doing favors for them for two months through his capacity at Wolfram and Hart that gets him in the door feels mm-hmm. like a really low barrier to entry. I agree. Um, also, if he's been having visions since Cordelia, and I feel like they sort of glancingly refer to this. But that feels like you're introducing a really huge plot hole of, like, Angel didn't foresee what would happen to Fred. Yeah. Like, that's the true. kind of thing that he, like, you know, way back in season that's two, like, Cordelia would have had a vision yeah. about. Like, it's true. I, I really question that. Like, big miss. And it seems like they wanted to just, like, conveniently reintroduce it. And, you know, honestly, the vision thing, I didn't mind because that's how Cordelia got the visions. Right. Like, you know, it's it is kind of a nice twist. Back. If, yeah. like, they could have revealed that Angel got the visions. Um, and Angel's strong enough to handle them. Like, you know, yeah. all of that feels fine to me. It's just the reveal that it's been happening off screen. And, like, there's some pretty yeah. big plot events that feel like he should have seen coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, my other real big gripe in this episode is that Angel made the case when he was revealing his grand plan to everybody that once Fred died, he wanted to find a way to make her death matter. And I really took issue with that framing of this. I was like, you know what, Angel? Screw you. Her death mattered anyway. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 it's not that I'm completely unsympathetic to him wanting to capitalize on it, because, but I don't know. There was just something about that that was like, well, I wanted to make sure her death mattered. And I was like, I really wanted to scream out, like, F you. Like, if, if Matt, did you not watch the way everybody crumbled because of this incident? Like, Wesley is, has been in despair since then. Gunn is depressed and questioned himself. You've quite, like, everybody has fallen into this. And it's like, I know what he means in like, in terms of like, he wanted it to matter in this one specific way, but I really took issue with that framing of it as though like, you know what? The emotional resonance was there no matter what you do or don't do in your life. And it's a completely messed up way to look at someone's death. Like, did it serve your grand plan? Like, that's not the only reason that a death matters, you know? Yeah. Like, like you have to, about that. you have to make it this like, you know, Epic if it didn't bring death. down evil, then it didn't matter. But like, which Fred's I thought life one of the most anyway. affecting things about Fred's death was the small scale implications of it, of like exactly. how it completely devastated Wesley. You know, to the point where like it, we could talk about it in the next episode. But like, yeah. you know, 
Angel's telling them to go have like their one last day and Wesley's like I he can't I already had it like I can't you know and it's like that to me is like the bigger weight of Fred's death than like oh let's make it really matter it It mattered already yeah sorry you weren't paying attention yeah um yeah and I uh I'm also just generally not in this moment super uh inspired by the narrative of like I have to get inside to take them down from the inside you know what I mean I was like this is also just not a very inspiring plot frankly like your whole plot is to betray all your friends and make it look like you've gone to blah 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 because the only way you can deal with this is to infiltrate I don't know there's something about this like I have to be in league with them in order to accomplish good is like I think that's a narrative that I've soured on quite a bit in general so I don't know I just well like that plus if if the if the explanation is like to get in with them makes them so that they guard can kill down them. so that you can get access yeah. he seems to already have access to all these people exactly We've met like, literally every just, single member yeah. of the black thorn yeah they easily did away with them just by knowing who they were that by him being in the group so yeah my one good note about this episode was i think i could have done more with more over the course of this whole show more scenes of angel playing racquetball with devil looking demons Oh my god. Like, that was really fun. And I was like, why aren't we always doing this? Okay, so (laughs) this is a great segue, because I do want to bring up some of the delightful moments of this episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, In the first scene, like, that senator comes in, and Angel meets her, and one, she implies that she's running for president in 2008, and like, wow, that was, I was like, oh my god, we could have had her instead of Obama. Yeah. (laughs) And then... Her, her aide is a vampire, and he asks for virgin blood, and Harmony yeah. offers him a light, fruity, unassuming bowl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just love the way they present the animal blood. Here. Yeah, I agree. And Harmony, as always, was well, the best. Well, I have a lot to say these. about Harmony in the next episode. Well, me too, but she's still my favorite, Yeah, is my summary. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that was amusing. Okay. All right, well... All right, should we talk about not fade away? I think we should. Yeah, I like I said in the recap, like very high level. To me, that was like, oh, isn't there a Godfather movie where they do this? Or <laughs> like, mm-hmm. there's like a scene. There is. Isn't yes. it like a the christening scene? A christening. A, that's right. And then meanwhile, five, like everybody's the five out. Families are all getting. Yeah. Out. Yes. And so this had that vibe to me. Like I was like, oh, this is literally like Angel's Godfather moment of taking down the Black Thorn, where you know he sends all his people out. And, you know, they they do seem to all go based on their strengths, right? Like, mm-hmm. Illyria is strong, so she goes to take on three at once. Like, Wesley can do magic, so he goes to take on the wizard. Mm-hmm. Um, Gun fights vampires. Yeah, exactly. And then... Um, Lauren and Lindsay. And then Lindsay <sighs> goes to, you know, Sword they bring fight. on Lindsay, and yeah. then Lauren has his secret mission, and I really want to talk about that. Um, yeah. But, and I, you know, I kind of like the way everybody got their individual moment. That's... Yeah. Um, that's you know, actually and, where, and, sorry, that's I, actually where I want to, I don't want to necessarily start there, but I do want to just, for me, what I did really like about this episode, I ultimately like the finale. Obviously, yes. the flaws of it are the flaws of the show, but as a, like, if you only have one episode to tie up everybody's loose threads, I actually really enjoyed everybody's final moments. Yeah, and not only their final moments, but I really liked that we got sort of individual yes. character arcs in this episode I mean. of not yeah. just fighting, but like their last day, like what would be important to these characters. And I, I found for the most part, I really bought into me too and what I, they I, would do. We should go through them. Yeah. So 
I guess let's start with um. Let's not start with Lauren because let's not start with Lauren. Uh, yeah. I mean, I we'll do. Start, we start of... with Gun. I mean, first of all, how happy was I to see Lily slash? I know. Again, I was like, oh my god, I'm so happy that you brought her back because she was one of the only good things of the early seasons. You know what I mean of this show? Like, I just think there was so much potential with her, and I. I just really enjoyed watching their interaction. I appreciated that she put the kibosh quickly on this, like, well, what do we do if, like, fighting's not getting anywhere, you know, gibberish that, like, Angel has now got everyone spewing. She was like, well, you're gonna just keep doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you gotta keep working anyway. I just really appreciated everything about that. And I I, I think that Gunn asked her that question kind of knowing what she would say because he needed the reminder and the reassurance, but I don't know. I just, I, I love Gunn after everything, and I really like that whole scene. Gunn's whole journey in this episode, like, I love that he went back to where he came from. Yeah. Like, just, like, what would you do in one day? And he's like, well, I would just go help. Like, I would just go do what I used to do, which is just try to chip away at the battle, right? Like, just do my part. And he goes and, you know, and yes, lovely to see her again. Um, I guess now she's still, she Anne still? Um, Yeah, yeah. he called her Annie, but I like to call her Lily. (laughs) I guess that's rude. Or uh, Chanterelle, whatever. Chanterelle. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I mean, like, just getting back to this reminder of, like, where Gunn came from. And, you know, it's we don't see any of his old crew. I, they might all be dead. I'm not sure. Um, but then to have that transition into Gunn's mission is to go take down the vampires. And, yes. like, I, I was like, that, that just felt so, so fitting because that's how it they did. met Gunn is, like, he was on a personal mission to just take down the vampires and, like, to let him go out that way. I You know, I was like, and he... I mean, they don't show it, but, like, he's just, like, so capable and, like... They showed enough of it that I was, like, I got really jazzed about it. I was just, like, it was so fun to watch him, yeah, back in this comfortable... He had sleeve stakes. Yes, I love that. They came out and I was, like, I'm all about it. He threw that axe at that senator's head. That was, I was all about that. That was pretty cool. This is amazing. You're the best. I love you. He did such a good job. It was just, yeah. I also really love that moment where, like, all this is going down and she's, like, just waving her hands because she's, like, on the phone. Yeah. (laughs) Just, just take care of it and then he throws the axe yes no great like gun had his moment to shine um really gun did. does make it to the alley so yeah you know good for gun um yeah. and spike? oh sorry you weren't moving on oh um yeah we could do you do you want to do spike no sorry finish whatever you're gonna say about gun oh i was just gonna say like i just felt like gun you know has not always well they I want to phrase this differently. Has I don't want to say has not always. I want to be like I think I actually want to phrase it as has always not, like mm. been, been given like yes. the same, I think attention and story like. I mean the show has really not done gun. It has first. not done him a service. Yeah. No. And, and and this season I think more than any other we really got to delve more into him. Yeah. Like you know his wants and needs and like you know his concerns. But yeah. I still feel like they ended up shoving him off to the side unfortunately i I mean they shelved Um, almost everybody in the service of angel who is the least deserving of such treatment so but yes i agree i think it really just made me think again about how much better they could have written him and they could have given him so much more to do because he was so good in this episode i mean in the last one too frankly like I don't know, when they're not trying too hard to fit him into some story, just like bending him around into what they need, like Gunn is already a great character. (laughs) I think that's what this kind of reminded me of. Like he was already interesting. He already had great motives. He was already super badass. Like I loved that fight scene. I thought it was just so cool. Not that that's the only thing, but like, I don't know. It reminded me of how good Gunn was or, you know, is. 
Yeah, and and also it was kind of nice for I think the character to remember what like I think got he got a little this. bit shoved into the muscle role, but to remember that like that's not always a bad thing that like he definitely right. has these skills and like has right. a moment to shine and and does it with such confidence and flair and is just like this is my moment and does it and I yeah. you know he comes into the alley he's like I was on fire like yeah. you know it's just it was fun to watch yeah. you know he seemed joyful in a way that we haven't seen him since yeah. you know his early sappy like moments with Fred so right. yeah yeah I agree. that was that was definitely enjoyable um yeah let's let's talk about Spike I mean, Spike. Spike. I probably got the least. He did. I mean, he doesn't need as much, frankly, because like we've already had a whole show where he has a huge arc. So I'm happy to not. He doesn't necessarily need development. Did I laugh a lot about his poetry at this biker bar? I did. Oh my god, that was amazing. I forgot that's where it was going, and it was actually the poem that he read to Cecily because a fugent or whatever fulgent was the word that he used. And I was like, dang, like that was hilarious. And he and got I like a standing it. ovation yeah. too. <laughs> just love the notion that like yeah I mean what does Spike really want to do he probably wants to be with Buffy on his last night on earth but like that's not realistic in this situation so like the next thing that he wants is to like read his poetry I was like I really really appreciate that I thought that was a great it was a great you know it was great comic relief but I also thought it was like very telling about it's just like again a reminder of like how many how much deeper Spike is as a character I just loved it I thought it was great I also really loved his moment where he's telling Angel like okay but I am not wearing any amulets yeah. necklaces rings earrings like, he's just like he's like I will not be doing any of that yeah and I do for what it's worth I I appreciated I mean I could have done with so much more development between Angel and Spike and their relationship but I did like the like jokey but serious way that he was like Angel was like, it doesn't matter about this prophecy anymore. And Spike was like, fine, as long as it's not you, I don't care either. <laughs> I was like, I did, I was amused by that. I thought that was funny. In so a way that, that normally their fighting is very petty, but that was like more of this, that, I, that felt more like a respectful acknowledgement between the two of them of just kind of like where they were at in this moment. So I don't know. Yeah, and I I will say that was one little false note for me was like bringing back the prophecy and like this idea that they yes. could nullify it somehow by himself. Well, like was I was just like stupid. I don't understand yes. how that is supposed to work at all, but like okay. Like I feel like they could have just left that out. Like Yeah. They don't like if it's a prophecy, like why do they need the assurance? Like how can him signing away the prophecy? Like I know. like that didn't it make just any sense. none of it made sense and it just seemed like some weird thing that they decided to do just to have Angel decide that it didn't matter whereas like they could have just had a scene where he was like maybe this is the final battle I don't know if this is the one like maybe prophecies don't always come true or like something you know it's like yeah I don't know I do think there was some importance in him actually giving it up whether it was true or not that whether signing but to that do really it in a way it. that just seems so comically impossible like yeah but just signing blood on this original copy of the prophecy I know I was like okay sure whatever yeah, yeah. Also, I I liked that Spike was, like, sent to get the baby. Like, I just felt <laughs> like true. when we, you know, when it's I think about, like... not where would have seen him. Yes. Like, when I think about where Spike has come from mm-hmm. in the last, you know, seven seasons of that he's been in this character, or more even mm-hmm. by now, it's like, you know, he really, like... To be the one sent in trusted to, like, okay, take the most innocent person that you're trying to rescue, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. like Yeah, the, I agree. Yeah. It was very fitting. I guess, I, I think next I would talk about Angel. Yeah, same. More specifically, uh, Connor. <laughs> Connor, yes. For me. And I'm, Harmony. And uh, Harmony. Oh my god. But I, I think 
think we covered this pretty well in the episode where Connor came back. And frankly, in the end of season four. But like, Connor ultimately, I mean, again, like a very misused, complicated writing character. But at the end of the day, I'm really on Connor's side. And I just love getting to see him in this new, you know, with this new life. It's like the only good, it's the only relationship that I think Angel has shown demonstrable growth in. <laughs> um, and it's the only time that he made a decision for some, for somebody else that I thought was like probably the right choice. You know what I mean? So it's like also getting to see how, not how happy Connor is per se, but like that in a different set of circumstances, he was capable of this other complete different life was just, I don't know. I just, I love seeing how happy Connor is what I'm trying to say. And I also think Vincent Carthizer really, I guess he's a great actor or, you know, at least a very good one because like that I can see him and just like with very little modification, like he seems like a completely different person to me. I like never even, like I had to remind myself like what he used to be like. And it was like, you're literally the same person. You're not that much older, but like he was a completely different person to me. Completely. Yes. I, and I thought, you know, this, this new Connor, we talked about it in the episode where he came back, but like the way he plays him of having both sides to him and choosing to, to still go with like, it's just the ability for Connor to choose to go with the better version of his life feels like such a huge step for him. Like he, you know, he admits to Angel, I know you're my father and Mm -hmm. I remember these things. They feel like a really bad dream and I'm just choosing to think of them that way. Like Mm -hmm. old Connor could never separate things that way and you know just giving him the emotional ability from having lived this alternate life is such a gift and I think having Connor recognize that it's a gift that I know why you did what you did and I'm glad you did it like you know for Angel to hear that like for Angel to hear that he did the right thing is probably what Angel needs on the last day and like you Mm -hmm. know there's that little joke where Connor's like oh you're coming to see me for coffee like obviously something's up like you know (laughs) it's like and it's like, I totally buy that on his last day, Angel would be like, okay, I'm going to go see Connor just one more time. Yeah. I totally buy that. But I also love that as part of that, one thing he gets before he goes to this final or what he thinks might be his final battle is, is just recognition that he made the right choice. Exactly. And, you know, what that does to validate the course of this entire season is a different question, but like where specifically it comes to Connor, I that was a lovely moment, you know, and I, even having Connor show up and help fight Marcus felt I loved it. great too. Yeah. I mean, and it would have been weird to end the show without Connor, you know, in a way. So I'm, I'm glad yeah. that they found, you know, that was one of the more successful episodes I think in this entire season was the one where he came back. I think we really liked it. And seeing him here was the same thing. I think that was one thing they spent two whole seasons ruining him, but in the last minute, it was really important to me that he was there. So I'm glad yeah. that they were, found a way to do it and to do it well. And I think even having, you know, when Angel's in the Blackthorn and have the guy compliment him on like, oh, your son's a really good fighter. And Angel's like, thanks. Like he's like really <laughs> uncomfortable with that notion. Like just yeah. really, I think underlines all of this of like, that isn't what he wanted for him. And so yeah. to see Connor having had to go through that, but still, still be very normal and adjusted is like, you know, I did it. Like I gave it, you know, everything I did that I wanted for him, he has. And like, it just feels great. And I thought that was a great, um, a great way for that relationship to go out, you know? And and I like that Connor wasn't involved in the final battle. Like, I feel like that felt fitting. And like, you know, even if Angel's going to die, like, you know, there's a chance for Connor. Mm -hmm. He can't be there. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know that the show always would have made that choice. Like, I agree. You know, because they they really seem to their favorite thing to 
seemed to be for a while, like those like team ups of like Connor and Angel fighting and, mm-hmm. you know, father, son, like super team or whatever. So to not have that happen felt like a relief, honestly. <laughs> um, so, so Angel's other relationship that he has mm-hmm. to sort of end is with Harmony. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if this is surprising to you if I say this, but I actually really loved the way that that Harmony nope, well, arc ended because it felt like she feels like the one character the show has consistently known who she is and you always and, and she's very multifaceted and very complicated and you know she's a complex person but she at her core they've always decided like no I mean she's evil <laughs> I have a slightly different take on it but I was also, I mean not, I mean, I was not fine intentionally with, evil just like she's just so casual about it like I was fine with her resolution it did I wonder if it was a little punitive to viewers and to Harmony, but from the writer's sense, but I definitely am not bothered by the fact that she's still evil. You know what I mean? Like, that's like, if they meant it as some sort of punishment for getting attached to her character, it didn't work. Because I think, yes, to your point, it's completely valid. Also, her specific critique in Angel of like, you never took me seriously or trained me or brought me in on any of this, so why are you expecting me to be on your side at the last minute? I mean, honestly, I could have done with a lot more of that. Like, I, I wish we had another season for Harmony and Angel to really unpack this. <laughs> but, um... No, I mean, I'm not disappointed in her or anything. I think she's totally within her rights to do all the things that she did. And I think Angel should have taken her more seriously and it might have had a different outcome if he had. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this circular argument that they go into of like, well, I don't trust you because you're evil, but I maybe you could have trusted me. Like, if, I, if you had confidence in me, like, you know, that they could do that all day. Um, I do think it was very consistent, though, with like, Harmony will just do what she wants in the moment. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, it go, going back even to the first episode where she's on Angel, where, you know, she's trying and like, just can't help herself, you know, and and the show seems to really want to use Harmony to point out this concept of, like, having a soul versus right. not having a soul, you know, Which and she do. says, like, well, I don't have a soul, what do you expect? And it's like, well, I mean, you're undercutting seasons of growth with Spike, but sure. So, like... Well, but I think to that point, Harmony herself has not been on the show long enough to have gone through that growth, so again, it's like, it's not really undermining anything for her to be evil still at this point. If they had gotten further with her character, maybe I would feel differently, but I really just don't think we got there, you know, with the time we had. Yeah, and I will say, I really, I couldn't remember, and I really didn't see her betrayal totally coming. Like, I, uh, you know, they had that moment, you know, they had a conversation where she, you know, talks to Angel, and she's like, oh, something's going on, isn't it? And he's like, yeah, could you just keep Marcus busy for me? And she's like, sure. And so we see her later, you know, in bed with Marcus, telling him about Angel's secret plan, and, you know, we've never seen Harmony in on the secret plan so it feels like a misdirection of like oh harmony's keeping him busy like she said and she's mm-hmm. sending him on a wild goose chase and it turns out no she like whatever she knew she told him but then also contrast that with the conversation she has with angel where she seems really self-aware when she tells him like i kind of always knew that high school was my peak like i yeah. you know life was going to end after high school and i thought what a great moment for that character to yeah. like she's the ultimate metaphor of life ending after high school and like being stuck in a high school mindset or like Mm. as that person and like we've seen her grow a little bit um but I didn't really know how to reconcile that scene with like her betrayal but then I thought well no this does feel consistent of they've always had Harmony really toe the line between like is she good is she bad and ultimately like stay on the bad side um 
which I is kind of nice because everybody can't have like a redemption arc i think yeah i think it is not even that she's evil so much as just like she's not interested in the greater implications of her behavior right now right um but yeah, I, I don't know. I still did take a little bit of offense. I felt like the show was sort of trying to punish her somehow. And again, with a show that's so light at this point on female characters, I was like, I don't know that this is coming from a good angle. But I agree that like her speech was great. I mean, Harmony is hands down one of my favorite characters in this entire universe. Like she just is, and I really think it's just all up to Mercedes McNabb, right? Like I don't think they could have written a cool character this way without her. So I don't really give them credit. I think she was great. I think she is Harmony and she made Harmony what she is, you know? And I appreciated yeah. her until the end, so. And Angel gave her a recommendation despite he all He did, of it, and that so. was sweet. I did appreciate <laughs> that. What, his one saving grace is a boss, but he was a bad boss and he really didn't reckon with it. And she was right, I think, to say that if you had trained me, I would have been on your side. If you had let me in on anything, maybe I could have helped. So. Oof, okay. Two more to go, right? Oh, God. Yeah, this is taking a um, while. <laughs> I know. Well, but we saved the biggies for last too. Um, I, I let's let's move on to Wesley. Okay. Because uh, I I really have I think a lot to say about Lauren. Um, yeah. So Wesley's was sad. I think it was so um, tragic. It was really because yeah. it really was. But I I actually really thought Wesley's story ended exactly how it the way have. exactly because the no, show I again you know. I think killing off Fred was a huge mistake for the show. Mm -hmm. And I think because they spent seasons having Wesley completely, totally like in love with her and like making all these decisions based on her, you've written him into a place where, where are you going to take this character after Fred's gone? Because you've already taken him to self-loathing and the, you know, everything in season four and like, you know, either he goes further down that path or he doesn't or you turn it into some you know annoying arc about like oh I had to live for the woman who had to die like you know blah, yeah. you know whatever and and I I if anyone's going to die in this episode I think it's fitting that it's Wesley I think for him now it's like he's he's alive but he's just biding his time like he you know he talks to Illyria where you know she's like you should be out doing something like why aren't you out having this day and he's telling her like why I can't have it anymore like you're you know Fred is gone so this is all I can do and you know I think he has a nice moment with Illyria I'm still uncomfortable with like that relationship that you know they're making her have feelings for Wesley or like not emotions but like to feel compassion for him or something and but I I will say, like, having Wesley go and take out the wizard felt great. Like, we've always seen Wesley, you know, toying with magic a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I to have him die. I think they a little bit how much the Watchers were doing magic this whole time, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, he was like, the first thing you too. learn is illusion. And I was like, I, you guys have literally never talked about this. It was I only know. ever introduced through Giles because Giles had a specific interest in spells, not because that was part of his Watchers training, but whatever. It's really yeah. not important. <laughs> Sorry. But, but, like, having him go and die in the process of like trying to kill that guy and have Illyria show up and yeah be Fred for him like this whole time he's been asking her not to do that and like when he's about to die he's like yeah you know what I want the comfort I want yeah you know? and that scene was so heartbreaking it was I mean I teared up I cried about it I was very sad for Wesley I die. did too I but then I think yeah but in was... typical like angel Buffy fashion like to then have 
that twist where you know he doesn't actually succeed in his mission and that guy is still alive and he's like oh you know they shouldn't send the mortals to me like blah 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 and like have her like transform and like punch his head off yeah that's pretty good yeah i agree and i know there is something i don't think i'm gonna say this quite right but on a meta level wesley was always too good for the show and there's something satisfying about him no longer being a part of it (laughs) <laughs> not that obviously I understand that the show is also over so it's sort of a pointless thing to say but like there was something for me that was like you were always too good for this show and I'm glad that you're done Wesley was always they never sort of could live up angels, to him no and he was always sort of angels number two and I think the problem with the show ultimately is that Wesley was always the more interesting person. he was and they could never make that work other than to make it a fight between him and Angel and it's like you could have just made him the main character I don't know Wesley was just always yes he was always the most interesting he was by far the best actor you know like I just I'm I'm he's one of the only good things that came out of this show you know is like my relationship with Wesley as a character is one of the only things that made watching all these seasons worth it so I don't know I was very very sad but it felt very fitting and I, I agree. It's like, it's not that it came from a place of hopelessness, but like Wesley went out doing what he had to do and it didn't always work in his favor. You know, I don't know. That felt right. And I think the tension between him and Angel is very interesting of like Angel being in charge, but knowing that like maybe he shouldn't be is like something the show could have done mm-hmm. something more with than rather just having them hate Fight, each other yeah. all the time and like go back and forth of like, you betrayed me, blah, blah, blah. And right. like, I think when Angel recognized Wesley's superiority and had Wesley in charge and all that is like, I think some of the best moments of the show when like everything's like, we've always talked about how Angel was best as a supporting character in his Mm -hmm. own show, which is not great when your show is based around this character, but if that's how it ends up, like just shift course and go with it. They just never could accept the course correction. (laughs) They, they just never wanted to. And you know, I think you're right. I think he was probably the best actor. And I, I think one thing Wesley really reminded me of in this this episode particularly is I think like you said like the show overall not great and I don't think I would deem it a success right but what it did give us were the story arcs of Wesley and Cordelia and I agree they are the two best character arcs in this entire universe I think I think you're right maybe beyond Spike and I just you know I'm grateful that they get the space to have that. And without Angel, they wouldn't have had that. I agree. Um, But the show wasn't about that. And it would have been a much better show if it were, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it still insisted on being about Angel, who by definition doesn't seem to be able to have a story arc. Because (laughs) they won't, you know, and it's not that he couldn't. It's that they won't let him. Like, you know, we talked about this before, but like if they had just let Angel have this character journey of brooding and sad and like you know depressing to more open and free and like they get glimmers of it and it but they always keep continually and like insist on beating him down and like you know if they could do that but have him decide that he won't give up on being more open like I feel like there was a premise of this show that got lost really early which was like Angel's quest to be more open and like and they just did away with that especially once Cordelia was gone they just didn't have and so if you never, if you insist on never changing your main character, he's going to be really boring. And so if yeah. you, if you do give these arcs to different characters, then focus on that. And they just yeah. never did. So like, I feel like Wesley both got short shrift and a fitting end. Um, because I feel like in some ways, Wesley's story ended a few episodes ago. Yeah. 
I forgot that um, he died too, to be honest. It did as when I saw it happening, I was like, Oh my god, I completely I remember I was that not he prepared. died. I wasn't prepared. But I thought he made it to the alley. Yeah. So I I didn't remember that he dies that way and then Illyria's like, Wesley's dead. Yeah. But you know, I I think I'm glad not everyone made it to the alley. Me too. I think that's realistic. It, it would have really undercut the stakes of what they were trying yeah. to do if someone had. Yeah. Um and yeah. I think as a good segue also, I don't know how there could be a more tragic ending than the one that Wesley had, but there was, and it was There Lord. was. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, again, I'm both irritated and find it very fitting the way that his story ended. I mean, the show just never gave Lorne a fair shake, as with so many. I mean, this is true of basically every character. Nobody really got a fair shake because they were constantly trying to refocus on Angel, who just did not merit it. But like, they didn't. As a group, they did not treat Lorne well. They did not, they didn't let him thrive in the ways that he could have, but they made him stick around. They didn't appreciate the things that he did, but again, they made him stick around. And then this final moment, they saddle him with something that I just don't understand why they would ask him to do it. And it clearly wrecked him from the inside. And then that's just how he leaves. And I'm extremely upset about it. The only thing that, only saving grace is that it is completely appropriate and what, in terms of how the show has treated him up until this point. It's, it was a final indication of what they think of him and what they're going to ask of him without giving him anything back ever. And to the show's credit, I think they let that happen. I think I they think let right. him yeah. have that realization where he tells Angel, you know what, this was the last mission. And, you know, they kind of, they're trying to again like, I don't think they planned it they're trying out. to hide their like play right so like yeah. they're telling them like you know they're making it seem like Lauren just knows he's not up for the battle like blah 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 and and you can buy that in a way like Lauren's never been the fighter but mm-hmm. I think then you realize what he's saying is like I'm done like this is the last thing I will do for you and it's you've asked me to do too much and I'll do it because I know why you're asking right. but we're done yeah and Lauren finally I think comes to that realization of I can't give these people anymore because they're going to take everything. They are, they yeah, and, and they're they never going to acknowledge it. And I think it the one thing I do think where it works for me is that because they want it to be a surprise not only to us but a surprise to, to Lindsay, Lindsay is yeah. that it has to come from somewhere you wouldn't expect it. That's like true. Lindsay is not going to be on his guard with it's Lauren. True. Yeah, no, um, that's true. I mean, I think the whole thing works. I guess my question for you is I mean, do you agree that they have to kill Lindsay like why no, why not, because if Lindsay know. is a good enough fighter to to go to take out some of the Blackthorn by himself it seems like he would be an asset in a battle with the senior partners I think they just don't trust him I agree though I don't know I mean I think this is where if they had been more successful throughout the course of this show, it would have worked better that like Angel, the show has always tried to be a little bit more morally gray than Buffy was. And I feel like there is that element in this moment of like when Giles kills Ben in season five, you know what I mean? Where it's like, sometimes do you need to do this darker, heavier thing? But I just don't think the setup was there behind it. So to your point, no, I mean, but there is something appropriate about watching Lindsay finally come to terms with how he wants to be a part of this team and he does want to join them only to be killed because they don't trust him I don't know I guess it was just tragic all around is what I'm saying and it I, was it but I sort of feel I question if it was earned though because it was definitely, again I from I Lindsay's go back side, to this question no. of like why like you know we talked about this when Lindsay came back and he had this vendetta against Angel and we were just like 
why and and it, it kind of I'm asking the same question in this episode because if if they're just going to kill him like this then why even go get him out of that hell dimension in the first place like why I mean because they needed his intel I guess but I I don't know like I I guess I don't know why you know they try to play it like this tragic thing like Lindsay thought he was angel's nemesis and angel's gonna kill him and it's this whole thing and like it's just turned out to be the lackey like it's just lauren and like and that makes it about Lindsay, which is annoying but it's also yeah. like it also i really it brought up for me like the question of like why are they even bothering to kill this guy like just let him fade away and like you know if he wants to help you fight it's another sword like you know i mean i really love the moment where angel tells eve like Lindsay's not coming like <laughs> Like, because also, I was like, why is she here? But why was like, Lindsay? I mean, I could have done without Eve. Sorry, I said Lindsay, but I meant Eve. Yeah, yeah no, I, I mean, I don't know. We didn't have to bring Eve back. Of all the people we brought back in this episode, I loved every single one of them, except for her. I was like, I really, I literally don't care. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to your point, yes. I do think, I don't want to give Lindsay the character credit, but I do want to kind of, again, I think the way that they sort of had him act and interact with people in the previous episodes this season was very weird. And in this episode, I really did see him again as like old Lindsay, where they were actually, yeah, like he somehow felt like his old self again. And I think it was just because the actor was playing him more that way instead of kind of like maniacally cackling. You know what I mean? Like there was something about him that I did fall into it because I did know who he was because he was all of a sudden his old self. But you're right, that had nothing to do with anything they did this season. So no, it was super sloppy. It was definitely not earned on the Lindsay side, but on the Lauren side, I think, I mean, it was extremely upsetting to me that that was how he had to go out, but I think it was very true to how he's been treated this whole time. So that part was earned, if that makes sense. It was just a very bad ending. It was heartbreaking. It was completely heartbreaking. Whew. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, final scene. Yeah. I was an angel also fit fought Hamilton, uh, which I guess was his name this whole time. I kept forgetting that. I did think he had a cool line. I thought it was Marcus. Yeah. Was I wrong? Didn't they call him Hamilton? It yeah, but maybe he's Marcus Hamilton. Yeah, why were they saying that all of a sudden? I don't know. Marcus Hamilton. Yeah, I don't know why they decided to call him that one instead. <laughs> um, when they were fighting and he said something about how I've got all this strength and it's going to last forever, I did enjoy Angel's little jibe at him where he said, I guess forever just got a hell of a lot shorter. It was such a hokey cheesy line, but I like really ate it up. So I just wanted to point that out. Other than I also really liked that moment where he was like, which word in that sentence do you think you should mm -hmm, not have said? <laughs> I agree. I thought that was a clever, as usually their, you know, workarounds are very sloppy. I thought that one was clever and made sense as much as any of this made sense, right? Like, but yeah, so the final scene, I mean, I like that scene. And should we, I don't know how we want to get into it. Should we talk about the cliffhangery or notness of it? Yeah, I, because I think, I mean, as a scene, it's very straightforward, right? Like, so, Gun, um, having successfully Fred, killed yeah. their Blackthorn yeah. people. Yeah. So Gun, Spike, Angel, Illyria are all in the alley. And, and, and like they said, like it definitely happened. Like those senior partners get wind of this and mm -hmm. it's immediate hell on earth. Like these things are coming at them. Yes. Um, and they, they go to battle. But when you think of the show as a whole and like that's the last scene of the show, like does that work for you? I, mm, yes. <laughs> I think, I think, a couple things. Uh, this 
is how I remember the show ending. I remember before we watched the show the first time years ago that you or someone, you know, it, the general word on the street was that, oh, Angel season five ends on a cliffhanger. And I remember watching it and thinking, that's not true. <laughs> I know exactly, I know as exactly as much as I need to know in this situation. And I felt that way again watching it. I think the important thing for me, well, the important thing is that I think this is a killer finale, but it just is built on years of, you know, years of nothing. Yeah. So like, does it work? Not really, because the whole show doesn't work. But at the very, if we really want to think about it, Angel's struggle pretty much, at least this season, but probably the whole time has been like, where does he fit in and what does he need to do? And I think him finally acknowledging that like, what he needs to do is, you know, it's so hard not to curse sometimes. Um, he just, he needs to do something, you know? And it's like, he can't keep looking for excuses of why not to act and why not to do things. He needs to just do something. And so his final, final words, that, I think that is such a cool final scene where he just says, let's get to work and it just cuts to black. I think that makes complete sense. I love it. I think it's, it was the first time the show has ever felt inspiring to me. And it's like, I don't know why it took until the final five minutes of this episode to get there, but we finally got to something significant. I guess that's how I feel. I mean, again, I, I think we've made it clear. Our feelings about the show pretty clear. I think this is a, a great finale that's built on almost at all trash. Very little good things came before this. So like, is it really a good finale if the whole show is bad? No. But in terms of what we've watched, I think this is one of the best episodes they've ever done. I think it is a, a great finale. I said that like three times, but I, yeah. No, I had the same thought watching this. I thought this is a great episode of TV and everything they've built it off of is hot garbage. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just amazing they could pull this out it of that. And I think it's just, <laughs> you know, because you start pulling at the threads and it all falls apart. And you have these great moments that you want to be epic. And the way they're epic is when they're undercut by foundation, right? Mm -hmm. and, and there is no foundation here because they've just, I mean, we talked a little bit in this episode too about it, is like, they just had this weird refusal to let it be good. Yes, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is. Time. I don't know, like, it, if it's a single-minded mission of, like, this is what we're supposed to be about and, like, not recognizing the, the things that make your show great and leaning into it. They just have this very weird, like, tendency to go with what's on paper. And mm -hmm. I think you see that play out here. But, yes, it's a, it's a fantastic final scene. I think just having everybody say, let's get to work and go do it is, like, such a great uplifting moment. It even is, if yeah. you think that they're all going to their deaths, like, they're not giving up. Like, it's like we're doing I, the work. And the, yeah. the problem that I have with it <laughs> is that everything leading up to this, they haven't been doing the work. Like, it's true. This whole season, well, they've been seemingly doing the opposite of And I that. think, yes. You're right, that they don't earn it. But it's like, this is the final turning point, right? This is the moment in the curve where things are changing. And I think for a show that didn't, I think why I don't think of it as a cliffhanger and like why it is sort of, it is ultimately pretty successful for what it is, I think is because like, yeah, we've gone too far. Angel can't fix this all in one episode. The most that he can do is acknowledge that he needs to fight, right? So I think that there is something appropriate about where it ends. And I really take issue with the fact that us not seeing them finish the battle means that it was a cliffhanger. I really, really like the way that this ends. Because again, I think that the plot has been garbage. The plot is super messy. So it doesn't, like seeing him kill a dragon is gonna do nothing for me, development wise. The best that we could do is get them all to a point where they stop. And really, I mean Angel, stops pretending like he doesn't have power, like he doesn't have agency, like he doesn't have actual superpowers 
and gets off his butt and does something about it. So there really is something to me that's like, it is the conclusion of the show is Angel finally real, realizing, sad though it is, it took five seasons, that he is in this fight and he needs to do something. You know what I mean? He has that ebbs and flows. I don't want to pretend like he never did anything because I think season one he did quite a bit of good. But um, I don't know. It, it makes sense to me that this finale ends on an emotional conclusion rather than a plot one because the plot has been very weak (laughs) you know and I think when you look at Angel's bigger story maybe it makes sense because this whole time since season one the show has had this idea of like there's gonna be a battle and Angel's gonna win his his right to human humanity right? right and you know they could show us that but it would probably be pretty boring. And is that ultimately the point? Is the point Angel's redemption? Right. Or is the point all the good that Angel does along the way trying right. to get it? Like that he and his team have done this. And so like when he says let's get to work, when we see them start the battle but we don't see them finish the battle, I think it kind of really underlines, you know, I think you're right, not a cliffhanger, but it's more open-ended where you don't know how the result ultimately is going to be, but I think the message they're going yes. out on is that maybe it doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter how it ends up. It matters that someone's trying. I agree. So, I agree. like, the, it, the work is what matters. Like, you know, does Angel win his humanity? Do, do they win this battle? We don't know. But they went to battle. That's the point. I agree. And I think, again, that Angel... I wish the show had done so much more to address this sort of nihilism of Angel because he's had that going on for a really long time where he really just doesn't think there's a point to anything. But yeah, I think I agree that it's like, it ultimately doesn't matter if they win. It matters that they fight. I mean, and that's like, sounds so cheesy to say it, but I feel like they illustrate it really well. And I also just love when Gunn is like, I'll take the 30,000 on the left. You know what I mean? Like they really openly acknowledge what they're doing. They're not surprised by it. They knew going into it that this was probably how it was going to end. Even before, you know, they assassinated the Blackthorn members or whatever, like Angel was pretty clear on like, this is how it's going to go. And this is what you will be signing up for and I feel like yeah I don't know I just I I just I really don't think it matters where that ends up because I don't think that's the point I mean obviously we want them to win but it's like yeah showing that is gonna get us what nothing (laughs) right I mean I'm glad that that held up (laughs) at least at least a few minutes I mean most of this episode it wasn't one more disappointment right like I was like I'm pretty sure I like the finale and yay I still do yeah (laughs) I mean maybe better than the Buffy finale if we're honest right in terms of a finale in terms of like final scene I mean well I don't know it's tough because I I have again some quibbles with a lot of Buffy's final season and like how that finale went I also have moments in that finale that I really love but I but I do really like the final scene of like someone asking Buffy, you know, what are you going to do now? And like her, her like literally not knowing. And the fact that she doesn't know is new. Like I I don't have to be, have the world on my shoulders. You know, I, I I think in a way that these are kind of companions where it's like, they're both very open-ended where like one person has done the work and Mm -hmm. is now contemplating not having to do quite so much of it. And the other one has now finally reconciled himself to like doing it. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Also, I think it's unfair because I'm thinking of this episode positively because I've hated everything, not hated, but I've really disliked most of what came before Rose with Buffy. There was so much great stuff that was disappointing, but like... Well, it's true. When you, like, when you look at the relativity scale, like this finale definitely benefits from everything that came before it, whereas Buffy suffers from everything yeah. that came before <laughs> it because it's kind of the opposite situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, this is maybe Angel's best finale episode of any season, and except for, like, maybe the one where Cordelia gets, like, sucked up to a higher plane and Angel gets drowned. Mm, Those no, are, I don't like that That's one. pretty good, although, eh. everything that came, again, everything that came before it. But, like, you know, Buffy had already had, like, the epic finales before right. the, the finale. Like, I mean, they, they literally already killed her, so, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. twice. So, um... Yeah, very different, I think, but no, I think this episode holds up. I Whether it can stand on the shoulders of itself, I don't necessarily agree, but yeah. um, if you look at it as an isolated thing, you know. Yeah, pretty good. What's not to like? Yes. Whew! We did it. Oh, we did it. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was Angel. Oh my god. I know. <laughs> I think I can safely say that I will probably never watch it ever again. I agree. Uh, before we started the, going through Angel, I don't know if I would have said that. I probably assumed I had a few rewatches under my belt, but mm-hmm. no, mm, not anymore. Yeah. Could have done a lot better than they did. I've really been craving some Buffy lately, though, so. <laughs> I'm not ready to go back. Like, just a handful of episodes here or there. I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe I want to watch this episode or that one. And then I'm like, no, I don't really want to watch it in isolation. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't have much more to say about the show. I think we've hammered our points home think... over and over again. I'm sorry if, if it was boring to listen to us not enjoy a show most of the time. Um... I hope it wasn't boring. I, you know, I, I definitely have listened to podcasts before where people just love to tear something apart and you know that can feel really cathartic in the moment but ultimately like what what does that do um so I hope that our conversations were constructive and felt more critical than like just trashing the show because I I do think it like I you know it has its moments um you know I will forever love the arcs of Cordelia and Wesley um and Pretty much anything Wesley did at the beginning of season four, I think is great. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a secret that we didn't like this. Um, <laughs> it does not hold up well, no, I think. on a lot of you know, I didn't want to totally call a ton of attention to it, but, like, even in the last episode, like, you know, there's some weird homophobic stuff between Angel and Lindsay. Yeah. In the same episode arc where you're getting Spike basically confirming that he and Angel had sex. Like, it's just, it's a weird I mean, and again, the one they have thing. to have this cutaway to Harmony in her underwear was like, why are we doing this right now? Yeah. Yeah. Among other just, things. Yeah. Some stuff that really didn't, it didn't live up to the times that we're in. So. Yeah. Agreed. <sighs> what would you, what's the grade you would give the show as a whole? I'm curious. Hmm. C minus D plus. <laughs> I was just, I, I literally was just going to be like, D plus, maybe I'll give it a C minus. Yeah, yeah. I think D plus is more accurate, honestly. I feel like D plus, though, for me is, like, so bad. That you shouldn't bother. Well, I do think it's That just, I'm, like... Yeah. I feel like it it adequately describes a lot of it, but I think, some like, the good spots are enough to lift it to, like, we'll call it a C minus, because I've certainly watched worse television, so... That's true. It's, like, I think it's on the on the bad side of like average but i don't know how bad it d plus feels like just mm. if you get a d plus you may as well have an f right i, I know, know. I'll, i had to think about it more 
But it's in that range. But that's a very solid area, D plus slash C minus, like hmm. somewhere somewhere wavering over that line most of the time. Yeah. Please don't give us that grade. If you <laughs> have to have to grade our podcast as a whole, like I really hope we, we earn more than a D plus C minus. Yeah. So all right, well, I guess should we do one final like recommendation session yes. for everybody? I like we, we, we are certainly that. not recommending Angel. I think it's, <laughs> it's a little too late to say not that. Not a pop culture recommendation <laughs> for the future. I um, hope you haven't been watching along this whole time. Just kidding, because I know that at least a couple of you have. Um, yeah, I wouldn't recommend Angel. Yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, I think Angel, in this final moment, was a good representation of where a lot of people are, which is not recognizing the privilege and action privilege they have and the actions they can take. So it's like pitiful that it took him five seasons to get here, but maybe we can all recognize a little bit of that in ourselves and do better. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we there was a gap between when we recorded our last episode and when we're recording this one. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just. <laughs> honestly want to take our last episode in this moment to recommend that we all do better (laughs) that we all take a harder look at race in america and do some learning and try to join in and do the work you know let's get to work that sounds so cheesy and i shouldn't have said that last bit (laughs) no but you're right it does sound cheesy but it's true like i you know we you know, there's a lot that's been happening in the last month, especially. I mean, not that this is the first time anything that yeah. has... None of this is new, right? right? I mean, but the country quite literally seems to have erupted in a way in the last month that feels both welcome and too late, right? right. And you're right. Like, watching it, watching this episode and this nihilism that they have of like nothing matters nothing you know what can I change and then deciding to just do it anyway like it does feel very applicable to right now where you know I think part of a problem we have is like when you're fighting systemic level racism and oppression and these problems is like as an individual you really can feel well what what can I do what can I change and and there's and so, the answer is that so much <laughs> individually, not so much maybe, but collectively wow. as individuals, it's very powerful. But and so to, I actually want to say the opposite though. I think it's very easy to say, I can't do anything. So I won't do anything. You know, I can't change everything. So I won't do anything. But the reality is that like, there is so much for, I mean, I think I have realized, you know, embarrassingly how much I didn't know and am really trying to do better and there's so much to read there's so much to watch there's so much to listen to and now is the time to do it if you haven't already been doing it so I do think that like there is a huge there's a huge obstacle which is systemic but as an individual there is so much education that you could be doing right now well no that's what I mean is like as an individual it might seem daunting and like there's no effect but like if collectively we all do the work then collectively we're all yeah in a position to recognize the changes that need to happen and maybe make them happen so um but also like as white people (laughs) we're not the ones who get to feel sad right now you know what I mean it's like and I really I did it's like embarrassing to identify with Angel right but it's like that was it's it's rough to acknowledge it's not rough it's just like yeah you can't let that you can't be that person you can't be the one who says like "Eh, there's nothing I can do so I won't do anything so obviously I'm not trying to pretend like we're great at this so 
<laughs> I don't know. Anyway, on that note, uh, there's tons of places to dive in. I think a quick Google search will get you a lot of results if you don't know where to dive in. But I do have um, a couple specific recommendations um, so that are pretty basic, honestly. I'm sure you've, maybe some of you have seen these going around. I got a lot out of uh, this episode of Throughline, which is an NPR podcast, history podcast, um, that they recently did about American police. And I would highly recommend it. I think it was a very, very good um, introduction to the history of police in our country and what ramifications that has on where we're at now, specifically highlighting basically the origins of the police. I, I think a lot of people haven't thought about it and I think we need to, so, you know, that's my that's my recommendation number one. I really got a lot out of it. I honestly had to listen to it twice because there was a lot of information and you know hearing I just needed to hear it more than once to have not to have it sink in. I think the points sunk in immediately, but the like uh, facts of it I had to kind of listen to again, but they just literally go through where things started in the south, where things started in the north, and how we ended up more or less where we are now. And the uh, spoiler alert is that like systemic or racism and oppression have been baked in since day one. I think without acknowledging that, you're missing a huge part of the story. So that's recommendation number one. This one is even more basic, and I'm sure lots of people have heard it or watched it, or I'm sorry, have heard of it or watched it already, but several years ago, uh, Ava DuVernay did a documentary called 13th about the 13th Amendment. Kind of similarly goes through the history of um, prisons and, and how the 13th Amendment played into that. And I was just, I, I think it is a very, very good introductory point to that conversation. And all, it's just wild how many people were putting in prison and for what reasons. And to, again, there's just a lot of racism baked into that. And I think it's very important to start understanding that or to understand it, frankly. And neither of those should be a substitute for doing additional reading or additional work. I just think they are very good. Like, if you don't know anything right now, those are things that you can immediately consume and get a good introduction to. That's what yeah, I think, I think a gateway in is where it's great to start if you're if you're overwhelmed because this, of course this is overwhelming for many reasons um, but it's not to say that it's not approachable and accessible to get information. I mean and I hope if people are listening to me and being like yeah that's so obvious why didn't you do that already like great I you're right and we sh I should have <laughs> frankly so it's just if you haven't done those things it's a great place to start if you've already done them if you can send your recommendations my way I'm happy to hear more. Totally. And on, on a similar note, I, you know, I have a similar type of recommendation where it's not new and it's not surprising information. But again, if you haven't, for any reason, just listened to it yet or thought about it, um, I had just recently listened to the third season of Serial, mm. um, which, if you don't know, is about the justice system in Cleveland, Ohio. And basically what it's covering is just the justice system in America and like who it serves and who it doesn't serve and why. And I thought what really struck out to me and the things that I would recommend listening for is one, just recognizing what does justice mean for everyone? Yeah. Like justice is not the same for everyone. And it's not, you know, Race is certainly a factor. Socioeconomic status is certainly a factor. And the system is not built to take any of these things into account. On top of that, something that got covered also very heavily is just the general attitude and mindset of the police. Mm -hmm. There's a reckoning that needs to happen internally that isn't happening with police especially, um, but I think also with judges and prosecutors and the justice system and everyone involved. And it was very eye-opening for me and, 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 and not in a way where I didn't know any of these things. I mean, 
hell, if you don't want to listen to this season of a podcast, like go watch The Wire. Like it's all there. Like nothing, none of this is surprising information, but to hear it from real people was shocking in some moments, honestly. Yeah. Um, really good, really riveting, actually. I mean, I flew right through it and it's a great accessible place to start, I think. Um, and if you really don't think that, that, that you can do that or you disagree for any reason that that's a place to start. I Another piece of pop culture that I just watched in the last couple of days that I actually think is very timely in this moment because I think it's a great lens for people to try to open their minds. Um, I was telling Jenny before we started recording this that a place where I've really started personally like educating myself more and going on more of a journey is like just thinking about food and like the food industry mm. and the food media and how some of these injustices and some of these like blind spots and you know racial disparities play out in that way and it's just like like for me personally it's just a gateway and like I right what's your interest I, level because there's definitely a way systemic racism exactly but I think <laughs> but I think it's it's applicable across the board I think like you can look at it and say oh well Bon Appetit has blown up from the inside but like you can extrapolate that everywhere right I mean it's true I think Um, as people who have spent several years talking about tv shows I mean tv and media is not immune to this publishing is not immune to this radio anything literally anything is and I think recognizing that can be a great way to come into it and so um this is a really long-winded introduction I watched um Padma Lakshi has a new Mm, show on Hulu called Taste the Nation Mm -hmm. um and I think it's really relevant not just for the ways we're all like maybe unaware of like the differences in circumstances and race and all of that. But I think, you know, a huge issue that also was playing out concurrently with all of this is immigration and who deserves to be American and who who's a real American. And I think something that her show does really well is kind of try to just blow up that notion hmm. entirely. And and another reason I would really recommend the show is I thought she was very thoughtful um, in her approach. I think sometimes, you know, you can look at travel food shows as oh I discovered this thing and look how amazing it is and it's like well no you didn't discover it it's like been here this whole time and I felt like that was kind of her attitude was not let me tell you about this thing that I've discovered it's let me invite these people to have a platform to tell you about this thing that's been here Mm -hmm. this whole time and about their world and she's very much a guest and very seemingly aware of that and it's very refreshing to be quite honest yeah um anyway I just found I thought it was very poignant at this time and fitting to watch and again if you need a lighter lens to introduce yourself and come into it's completely watchable and accessible also the food all looks amazing (laughs) i have one other uh recommendation now that we're going really long with this um but i you know in in terms of of course education is um there's so much history that we weren't taught which is frankly always appalling when you realize it but just again there's there's so much so much to consume and to figure there's so much at your fingertips that you can do to figure it out i think the other lens is you know especially in this moment but always it's important to seek out shows that are by create you know black creators or creators from other countries or other um you know other nationalities other ethnicities what uh so that's oh uh i just want to say another show that i really liked when it first came out but only just dip my toes back into is Insecure on HBO, which is created by Issa Rae. And I must have watched the first season as it was coming out. Um, and the, the finale was so heartbreaking to me that I was like, I need a minute before I can like do more of this. 
And only re- recently there was a lot of uh, chatter about it because I, the, another season just ended, or maybe the whole series just ended. But um, anyway, I was like, okay, maybe you know I should finally dip my, dip my toes back in. And we started back at season one, rewatched season one, and are now in season two. And it is honestly just, it's one of my favorite shows that I've ever watched. I just really, I just really like it. I, this is just a very, like, it's funny, it's relatable, it is, like, so much of the focus is... Issa's relationship with her boyfriend, but a lot of it is also her relationship with her best friend, who's this girl named Molly, and just, like, the ways in which they depict, like, female friendships, or just friendships in general, and, like, what we ask of people, and what they do to us, and what we do to them is just very, like, I don't know, I just really like it. I think it's just super well constructed, it's super well acted, it's beautiful, it's everything great that a show should be. That has been on my to-watch list I mean, since it came out, um, and I've heard really good things about this past season as well, um, specifically around that area mm-hmm. of like the female friendship. friendship. Yeah. So yeah. there's tons to do. There's tons to watch. Tons to watch. Uh, we hope that you vote. <laughs> if and I know that it's hard in some places, but I hope that you're able to and that you try and learn all the levels of government that serve you. There's a lot that you can ask of them. That's what I've got. Yes, I you mean, can vote, money. I think it sounds weird. We're like There's a lot to five do. months away from a presidential election, which is obviously huge. And uh, I think this one particularly could have big implications for the next four years, just as the last one had implications for the last four years. Um, but also vote locally. Yeah. I mean, local elections are really important. They're the ones that I know are the hardest to pay attention to. I suffer from this as well but they are the ones that probably affect you more than you think. I mean, and in um, terms of specifically the issues right now, in terms of like what, what we want police departments to do and what we, how we think they should be funded, I mean, the people who make those decisions for the most part are your city council members and your mayor. Like, it's not, you know, the president doesn't... I, I mean, the president obviously has something to do with everything in a, at least a cultural way, but like those policies are set a lot closer to you. Yes. Okay, well... So... <laughs> Uh, uh, weird to circle back to what team we're on. <laughs> oh my god. Maybe we won't. <laughs> yeah. We're team vote. We're team, I, yeah, yeah, we're team educate yourself. <laughs> do better. We all need to do it. Ourselves yeah. included. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. What a what a way I never anticipated us going out on this show, but I I feel like, you know, like we said, we hadn't we did have a gap between recording this and the last few episodes and so much it it doesn't feel possible to not acknowledge it yeah i mean um, and we could have been if, doing this the whole time also we really well that's the other thing i mean you said this before we started and it's 100 percent true is like i think we've glancingly touched on some of these things especially when we talk about the show's treatment of gun and other characters but yes this is not suddenly a new issue that's come up it's our our, our focus on it and willingness to talk about it, I think, as a country is something has shifted mm-hmm. in the past few weeks for the better. But um, so that's where we're ending. Okay. It's been better lovely. legacy than Angel, I think I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, let's yeah. let's go with that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, it's been a great Jenny, time. It's been a, a pleasure. <laughs> um, I can't believe we made it. Yeah. I, we did it. We did um, it. If you have been along with us for the ride, thank you yeah, for sticking it out. I agree. Um, thank you for your time and listening and your reviews if you've written them. Um, your emails. You know, if we sent started them. doing this totally for ourselves, so an audience of any kind was just 
unexpected and bonus. Yeah. Um, if you've emailed us and, you know, had a conversation with us about your favorite characters and episodes, like, we, we've loved every second of it. Agreed. So, um, maybe one day Jenny will agree to talk about another show. <laughs> in, in due time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe in a year. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. All right. Jenny, I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Once More with Commentary is produced by me, Allie. And me, Jenny. Our theme music is from the album Rockingham by Nerf Herder. And our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. You can email us at scoobies at oncemorewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have. And find us on Twitter and Instagram at omwcpodcast. You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com. Bye.